I, for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gentleman Overlords. It's me, the the one of the overlords, Andrew, and with me is... The second overlord, also known as overlord number two, also known as Max. Oh, and it's me, the third overlord. You know me. It's Robert. I didn't, overlord. I didn't mean to make a, a tier of overlords. I almost said the main overlord, and I was like, but we're all the main overlords. So, like, no, I no. Wanna, no. Oh, no. No, guys. Don't... I'm embarrassed now. Loud and clear, Andrew. No. Yeah. We get it. We you're, get it. You're my main overlords, you guys. You, you share hosting uh, responsibilities on your other podcast, just not this one. We get it. <laughs> Thank God. All right. So I make the rules, and you fucking guys are going to listen to me. Hell yeah. Um, how's it going, guys? Pretty good. Is it going, Andrew? What should I say? Uh, I want you to say how good you are, Max. I'm and, I'm doing so great. And it's how, wonderful. Everything's and, good. And how times nice like it these feels is an even harder question to answer. Not unless you're getting prompted by me, in which case it's much easier. Mm. All on Andrew. Well, fellows, um, we talked a little bit beforehand. We're going to move the movies and TV shows we've seen segment to the bonus episode so please check out our patreon um but in the meantime we have three x-men movies to talk about in honor of new mutants coming out exclusively in theaters what a great idea uh we have three x-men movies to talk about so let's get to it we got ourselves an x-men fan you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning you must know who they are and above all what they can do so guys i texted you the news that uh new mutants was coming out exclusively in theaters i don't even think they're getting a digital release yet i think it's only in movie theaters i am betting it's gonna be so soon (laughs) i I, i it feels like yeah within weeks it will but in the meantime it is a baffling decision to put a movie that people are already not that excited about only in theaters. Um, what did you think of that decision? I wanted to, to make, do that? Sure it was a, make sure it was a horror movie. And so they, uh, rather than make the movie scary, they just made the experience of going to see the movie <laughs> as scary as possible. Yeah. And they were like, what's a good time to drop a horror movie? Ah, right before September. <laughs> yeah this it, <laughs> um it, it, also like andrew i that's not true i was ready i was excited for this movie uh four years ago or whenever <laughs> it was first uh filmed i this was like when was like this film was this filmed after the first season of stranger things uh that's a good question because jonathan is one of the the actor who plays jonathan in stranger things is in this movie and i kind of feel like he is writing off the the coattails of the first season of Stranger Things being in this movie. Maybe it's uh principal photography began on uh, July 10th, 2017. That's later than I thought, honestly. Yeah. Oh, um, well, I'm so sorry. Yeah, you should be. Um, but so new mutants, it's out in theaters as we speak, which is just baffling. But in the meantime, so what, did you guys, what did you guys all think? Cause I went to the, <laughs> no, we were reviewing it. Episode, <laughs> yeah, I, I was our, just curious what we you guys. Went, I, just, I'm excited to talk about it, and it was it was this. You know, Max, it was you're right. It was a harrowing experience. So I'm really. Whew, how how was your guys' trip? <laughs> uh, sold out. It was totally sold out. Packed theater. Oh shucks. No. Max? Uh, uh, I. It's weird. I've had. Um, I've tasted cherry coke recently and the only place i really drink that is in theaters i Uh I thought about cherry coke and popcorn and how weird it was that i hadn't been to a theater in so long and how strange the experience seemed to me now uh but having gone there yeah it was a lot of fun i really enjoyed (laughs) watching new mutants uh oh my god what happened did cherry coke get in your brain or something what's going on i don't know it's i it's some weird craving uh, wow. but it just, 
uh, it's popped up a couple times where I'm just like, I should have a cherry Coke at some point and pretend that we're still living in a real world where I can the, go out and see people. The sign of normalcy, cherry Coke. Cherry Coke. Yes. Um, All as well. Well, we're ha- we're having a little bit of fun here, but uh, we did not see New Mutants. Unfortunately, in theaters, uh, Governor Inslee hasn't opened up the theaters yet. <laughs> God. But in the meantime, we like we have a podcast. Come on. Yeah, I we should get like a special exemption because we have a podcast, and we've been waiting for New Mutants for so long. Governor Inslee, please. We uh, should have just dr- driven to Arkansas or something. <laughs> The closest movie theater is over <laughs> yeah, in no. I wasn't sure which which state. I, Definitely I not chose like, one that was uh, that was pretty likely to have opened their theaters already. I think Ouch. probably Idaho, right? Like it feels like that sort of feels like an Idaho decision to like have movie theaters open. I'm not saying I love all 50 states, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I well, applaud I like them. Go live in one. Yeah, I applaud them for having their theaters open. Um, wow, but. We did, in lieu of seeing New Mutants, decide to watch three of the newer X-Men movies. Um, I watched First Class. Robert, you wa- Robert watched Dark Phoenix? Correct. And Max, Dark you Phoenix. watched Apocalypse, right? That's right. That is right. Great. Sorry, correction. I What I watched is on home video, it's now called X-Men Dark Phoenix. Oh, they I'm sorry. They refuse to call it Dark Phoenix by itself anymore. X-Men, the First Class Saga, colon, Dark Phoenix... Mm-hmm. colon or again. origins origins yeah dark phoenix origins slash we did it again <laughs> they sure did um so i guess i'll go first because i uh first class is chronologically the first one so oh that's a good idea um so first class is the the beginning of the new the the new timeline i guess of x-men movies and um, so for anybody who's unfamiliar, first class is about, uh, we, I can't believe they had the audacity to redo the best scene in the first X-Men movie, which was, uh, young Eric being ripped away from his parents in a concentration camp in, uh, Nazi Germany and mm-hmm. done much worse this time. Like I, there's a lot about the first X-Men movie that I don't like. And Max, I know that's definitely true for you. But the opening scene in the first X-Men movie is the best scene in the movie and possibly the best scene other than in Logan in any of the X-Men movies. And they redid it in this movie in a much campier way. And like, it just, it rings so much worse in this one. But so we meet young Eric, we go through him hunting down the people from the internment camp he meets Charles Xavier, who is at this point like just becoming a professor, and they decide that they are going to work with the government to find other mutants to form a team to stop Sebastian Shaw, who is himself forming his own team of mutants, who wants to use the Cold War between the United States and the Russians to eradicate all humans, and so he is himself sort of uh flaming the the flames of war between these two countries and he is sort of working with the russians even though they don't really realize he's working with them to try and get this war going start world war three and then start over with a society of mutants and as it turns out he is also the person who killed magneto's mother when he was younger thus negating wow. almost everything about the Magneto story where he hates humans for what they did to his family when it's actually Sebastian Shaw who did it, who is himself a mutant and he knows it. So from the, I mean, hold on. I mean, he can like, he can hate Nazis also, but yeah, he does. But like the, the impetus of everything is his mother dying yeah. at the hands of apparently Sebastian Shaw. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get the cold war and the Cuban missile crisis uh, taught to us through the eyes of the X-Men. We meet young Mystique, young Havoc, young Beast, young Darwin, young uh, oh, Tempest, young Banshee. I have not heard some of these names in a long time. Um, who else? Riptide. And Riptorn. Riptorn. Uh, <laughs> um what was the Azazel? 
and Emma Frost, I think is the, the, the litany of mutants in this movie. But, um, yeah, so they, we, they solved the Cuban missile crisis. Thank God. Um, and we have professor Xavier and the X-Men to thank for that. And we also find out, can't believe Kennedy took all the credit for that. That's right. Um, we also find out how Professor Xavier gets into his iconic wheelchair and how everybody, the, the famous scene where we learn how everybody got their iconic names because we were all wondering how they got their code names of Mystique, Havoc, Professor X, Magneto. Are you going to name them all again? Azazel? <laughs> Azazel, <laughs> Riptide, uh, Sebastian Shaw. Uh, the the wor- like hands down the worst. How did scene Sebastian in the- Shaw get his name? A birth baby. Oh. Um. I want to see that origin story. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> X Men Origins Sebastian Shaw I think is coming up uh, any day now. But hands down the worst scene in the movie where they're drunkenly naming themselves is it's so cringeworthy and. I've this is maybe like the third time I've seen this movie. That scene gets worse every time I see it. But yeah, X Men or uh, X Men First Class. Um, also, I have something to say about I have something to say about how names come about when it comes to my movie. But uh, yeah, oh. yeah, what were you saying? X Men First Class. Uh, uh, not very good. It's in like also in the top tier of the newer X Men movies. So take that for what it's worth. But um, yeah. it also it does have. A very good Wolverine scene, which is just a brief cameo when uh, Magneto and They're Professor recruiting. X are recruiting and they walk into a bar and they start to introduce themselves and he just says, go fuck yourself. And that's the extent of Wolverine in the movie. Um, so other than that, just is it's mir- go ahead. Sorry. During my thoughts when I watched the movie. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Not very good, but I'm trying had, to remember what other movie I, is it? Is it Days of Future Past? They that Professor X like twists that back on Wolverine, but he gets the line wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, come on, dude, you have a big old brain. You don't remember what you said? Yeah, sorry. I thought your powers were your mind, dude. Um, yeah, I there there are good things about it. I do like James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender as Magneto and Professor X, the younger versions. Um, Nick Holt does a pretty good job as Hank McCoy beast. And, you know, this is, this is a, this is also early in the franchise when they all still care <laughs> and are putting in a, uh, a pretty decent performance, um, Jennifer Lawrence included. And, you know, that will change by the time we get to the fourth, maybe in the third movie, but yeah, mm-hmm. that's X-Men first class. Why don't we talk about X-Men I apocalypse? first i the i kind of pushed you towards uh x-men first class because uh i remember watching it because you told me that it was good that i (laughs) I was wrong i was done with wow i was kind of done with the the franchise and then uh you said no this one's good it kind of turns it around it's interesting it's fresh and so i watched it and i i disagreed with you at the time (laughs) hey i disagree with me then too (laughs) i think like i was so desperate for like a decent x-men movie that like when Mm -hmm. this wasn't as bad as uh last stand or x-men origins wolverine that i was just like hey this is pretty good like they did something here and like rewatching it now and like especially knowing that x-men is now going to be in the hands of marvel studios and that we might get like a a honest to goodness good x-men movie at some point like mm-hmm. there's no like there's no point in settling and like for me i think i was so desperate for this to be okay and like it's okay it's not i wouldn't call it like a bad movie but it's at best fine and so like because i was just like mm-hmm. i just want x-men to be okay um, I was just sort of like in a state of desperation, probably of just like, yeah, you'll like it. It's a, it's pretty good. <laughs> I just want Max to be okay. And yeah, and there are some good things about it. I do remember being really excited that they were finally in uh, blue and yellow. Yeah, have Ooh. actual X Men suits. It'll only take them thirty years to then put on black spandex. <laughs> yes. 
yeah. evolution. X, the X-Men evolution. That's right. Um, yeah, that's all I have oh. to say about first class, unless you guys have any further thoughts on first class. Darwin doesn't make it out of first class, does he? No, and in fact, the <clears throat> the ridiculousness of that character being killed off when his power is adapting and surviving, and then... It, Any situation. Yeah, that's his power. That's literally what he says. My power is adapting and surviving any situation. And then uh, all it takes is Sebastian Shaw putting a energy ball in his mouth and then him swallowing it and then he dies. Like, is <laughs> you can't adapt to an energy ball? Like, what What was the... What, what happened? Like, I, I just don't... like. It felt like they wrote themselves into a corner and they didn't know how to kill him. But then if that's the case, don't put him well, in the need, movie. They clearly needed there to be like a casualty in the on the crew. But they I don't know why they chose the yeah the one person that seems like or have him come back later and save the day or something. Or like, be he, like I survived. If like they if the intention was just like, well, we can't have this mutant that like can't die continue in the movies. He can also say like, you know, at the end of the movie, like <clears throat> This is like, this is not what I signed up for. This is too much. And then he retires and like, you know, like lives a quiet life or something. And instead like to, to it, it felt like they were contractually obligated to put him in the movie for some, like, I just don't understand why he was in the movie. If the end is just, they're going to kill the one character who theoretically can't die. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Any that's yeah. I get it. Yeah. Uh, what about Max? Why don't you talk about X Men Apocalypse? Well, uh, I probably won't be able to do quite as detailed of a synopsis of mine. Why? I'm not, I'm not quite <laughs> yeah, as good what? at paying paying attention to uh, the minute details. Well, we said phones down, and you, we said eyes glued open. So I, I oh, I did glue my eyes open, and uh, they're now they're now burned th- to the core. I'm completely blind, and and that's part of the reason why I'm a little distracted. Now this a uh, <laughs> uh, this movie, I think is, I would maybe have to watch uh, X three again, but this one could be the worst of the whole bunch. And now it was the final one. Uh, I don't r- love the X Men franchise. I ha- I Logan was great. Logan, I think, is you know above and beyond the best. Uh, and then I remember enjoying X2 more than I did X1, and so it kind of stands out. I haven't watched it since then, so I don't know. Maybe I was just surprised that it wasn't as bad as X1. But this one is kind of phenomenally phenomenally bad after having watched First Class and um, uh, the one that you're watching, uh, Dark Robert, Phoenix. Uh, Dark Phoenix, uh, which I didn't enjoy either, but... Uh, Something about this movie, it really just, it, it ran on and on and nothing really made sense. And they introduced a ton of characters, but none of them had any character to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, none of the decisions really made sense. But anyway, the, the, the story is there's the, this old uh, mutant from Egyptian times who uh, can, like, at, at a certain point, they say that he's not um, invincible, but he uh can switch his body from one body to the next uh he he can't survive forever but he can switch bodies but then what happens is he switches that one body and then gets buried for like several decades and then oh yeah he just wakes up later so it kind of is at that point he can survive everything but he picks up the powers of all the bodies that he inhabits um and he gets uh awakened by this whole kerfuffle that's going on um actually i think it's um moira tag mctaggart yes yeah yeah it's her fault that he gets awakened because she uh sneaks into his tomb and leaves the uh the window open and the sun gets in and he uh it's hot it's hot in egypt so she need to crack a window open what do you expect well, I'm and and then they cracked a bunch of humans open because of her uh, <laughs> her uh, discomfort. 
I think she should invest in an air conditioner next time. <laughs> good, good advice. Wow. Uh, but it just Oscar Isaac makes a terrible. Uh, what is this guy? Apocalypse? Is that his name? That is the, his name <laughs> and the, the titular. The name. The the name. <laughs> I always get him confused with Darkseid because Darkseid lives on Apocalypse, and they're that's, both kind of very similar characters. That's fair. Yeah, they're kind of like big, like stone-looking, kind of like clunky men. Yeah. Um, Although in this movie, he is a very little, not stone-looking guy, prosthetic face-looking guy. Yeah, he, he looks like. And this, this, this was a thing on the internet. The minute I, I was like, that kind of looks like. And then, of course, everyone else realized too. Ivan Ooze from the Power Rangers movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah. It's a, it, it. it's a very strange decision to have Oscar Isaac, who is a, we can all agree, like a very terrific. Um, we, all, we all agree. No one else could play. Uh, apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I was getting at. Um, Poe Dameron himself, the the titular apocalypse. Um, that like uh, to have a very charismatic actor playing apocalypse, but he is as like he's delivering the lines as deadpan and boring as humanly possible. That like it feels like a choice that they made to make him as boring as possible. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, kind of kind of carries through. Also, Olivia Munn I find to be pretty funny uh, a lot of the time, and uh, she only scowls. That's like fifty percent of her time on screen is just scowling at people. Yeah, and, and it's really random that her and the other people get like endowed with powers. Yeah, they're just like we want to search for the most powerful mutants to create the four horsemen of the apocalypse uh, take over the entire world. We just have to find the cream of the crop. This guy has wings and, and punches people. But wasn't it such a treat to see the <laughs> origin of a uh, Caliban? Oh my. Oh yeah. Uh, he was in Logan and I was like, Oh, Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> is where he came from yeah good to know where he comes from yeah a movie in the future (laughs) yeah it was just i remember the specifics of all the stuff that i disliked there was something that stood out and now it doesn't stand out because it's (laughs) been a week and this movie is very forgettable and pull up uh, that wikipedia my man yeah, what was it that I disliked about this movie? <laughs> yeah, you know, I like, put it into Wikipedia as soon as <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that is that is like kind of the you know, we talk about the card like one of the cardinal sins of a movie is like it just being sort of forget forgettable and boring. And on top of being I think, you know, we'll we'll talk about him, Robert, when you get into Dark Phoenix, but like the last two, you know, Whatever you could say, like other than Logan, the previous however many ten X Men movies are all some degree of bad or boring. Um, that these last two just sort of like it. It feels like they have nothing to say, and like they are just like like we've talked about it. I think either on air or off air that they just made these movies because they didn't want the rights to revert back to Marvel. And so like the I part wish, of the thing I is wish it didn't always feel like that, but that is what it feels like. And then I'm reading about, you know, I read up on some of the dark Phoenix stuff. We can get into it, but like the idea that it was going to be two movies and then changed to one, it's like, geez, what a, what a shitty send off. <laughs> right. Uh, Max, yeah, do you it, have any further it, thoughts on it, apocalypse? It, it, I think you're totally right that it just felt like they were trying to to hold on to the rights. Seemed like nobody who was in it cared about being in it. Uh, the, you know, all the lines, everything, all the were were very fakey, very CG, nothing really good. And then this is also the origin of um, Professor X losing his hair because Apocalypse tries to uh, take over his body and his hair starts falling out. Cause I guess that's how, how you turn into apocalypse. Um, <laughs> and you no, know, it just seemed, I kept while I was watching it, I kept thinking, why do the people making this movie hate the X-Men so much? Why is it that everything 
that they add to like everything that they new character they introduce they have to change it because they don't like it and it just seems very apparent that this wasn't made by somebody who actually enjoys the x-men in any way i think that's true i don't think it's a hate i think it's that they don't care i think it's just like x-men x-men is money to them and it's nothing more like they have no care for the characters it's just like it's dollars oh yeah yeah i mean yeah like i said if well yeah did you have anything else smacks on uh apocalypse uh no it's just kind of along along those lines like uh so magneto has a kid right. well magneto has a couple kids in this one he has quicksilver which is actually his kid in the comics but they like kind of sort of try to almost uh address it but then they don't but then he also has another daughter and that's true in the comics he has a couple other daughters but in this one i don't know she controls birds for a second and then she dies and i, I was just like what what what's happening there like what i think it was just like a daughter a non well a canonical now but like just a daughter and family previously like it's just another excuse to have him get crushed and then go back against everyone like i was just living on my own why yeah and then they also again rehashed his uh situation in the concentration camp he goes back uh to auschwitz and they do the the flashbacks and stuff so probably yet another example of of rehashing the same scene that andrew you enjoyed in the in the earlier movies yeah the the thing that I it, the it's I'm enjoying it for the wrong reason, but the gall of Cyclops saying because they they go and see Return of the Jedi, is that right? Yeah, I believe so. And the gall of the Cyclops character to say the third one's always the worst as like a you know a nod to the Last Stand being the worst one, and then this movie being bad, the gall of them to do that Mm -hmm. is very funny in hindsight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's true. Uh, So Robert, why don't you get us going on X-Men Dark Phoenix? Ooh, X-Men Dark Phoenix. Well, um, I got to say like, maybe I should like try and get the positives out of the way. So this one takes place in 1992, um, which I don't know, Max, if you can confirm if you can want to look up when uh, Apocalypse took place. I know it was in the 80s, but um, yeah, really not buying some of the uh, age ups of people in this, um, particularly Magneto. Uh, (laughs) Very confusing what age he's supposed to be. Um, But regardless, um, at the top, I think one of the things I enjoyed about this is kind of the in the beginning of the movie, there's like a shuttle kind of uh mission do you guys do you remember this you guys yeah and um it's exciting and you get to see a bunch of different x-men use their powers and uh one little detail that i really liked is that there's a cannon on the bottom of the ship that cyclops can like stick his visor into and like shoot a beam out of the like out of the ship and i was like wow that's like badass that would be like a fun toy or something if you were a kid like did that ever happen in the comics or the show I yeah. don't I don't know. Um I do want to address something real quick and that is in oh. first class Beast makes a note that uh part of Mystique's uh mutant DNA because he's trying to formulate like a uh uh a physical cure so that he doesn't transform through Mystique's blood and he notes that because of her mutant DNA she's she ages slower than everyone else. And I mm. thought that was going to be a thing where like they inoculated everybody with her blood and that was going, I was gonna be like, Oh wow, that solves everything. But no, only he takes it. And so I was like, well, maybe that's why like, you know, James McAvoy ages slower and Michael Fassbender also ages slower because in, in this movie, like they're all born in the, like they're all kids in the forties, like, you know, young, young kids. And then they're like in their twenties and the sixties and now, theoretically, in the 90s, that makes them in their 50s? Yes. Hmm. I thought that was going to be the explanation, but none of them take the serum. So, other than uh, Beast and, you know, Mystique is already in her blood. But I thought that was going to be like, oh, I just forgot that detail. Nope, doesn't happen. So, fuck it. Who I cares? 
Magneto is the most egregious. He should be he should be a lot older. Um, yeah, but oh, I um, looked up I looked up the time, and mm-hmm. uh, Apocalypse starts in uh, three thousand six hundred BC, <laughs> and and then it uh, quickly goes to nineteen eighty three. Got it, eighty three. Okay, so like yeah, just shy of a decade later. Um, so yeah, they had this whole sequence and I thought it was like fun. Like I, I would say for this movie that it probably had like a couple decent action sequences, but it peaks. There. That's like what? What was that? It peaks there the, the space scene is kind of the, the peak of the movie. Yeah. Yes. There are other ones, but I would say like, that's just getting into like, look up a YouTube compilation or something. Cause it's just not worth the runtime. Um, Jean gray, gets hit with a solar flare that's like they're that's going to pass through the sh- the shuttle that they're uh saving the the crew from and um basically kind of absorbs this weird power and then it kind of comes to light that Charles Xavier since Jean has uh got to the school has been kind of putting like psychic blocks and stuff on her to like block the trauma of what actually happened um she had like an accident when she was a, a kid and like was orphaned and her, both her parents died. And then, you know, went to the Charles school basically. And he was like, Oh, I'll promise to help you. But it sort of revealed through the movie that like more is going on. Um, that, one th- I'll just inter- interject. There's sure. something I forgot about apocalypse. Yeah. That, that's kind of along those same lines is that I really hated professor X throughout the whole thing. There were like several things that he was being awful about. And one of those was, wiping the memories uh of his ex-girlfriend uh just like completely erasing her knowledge yeah. of him and he does things like with like Newton's good stuff. intentions but it's always kind of creepy because he can like manipulate your memories and stuff yeah it's like not his decision to make and yet he's making that and they don't really i mean in the end he kind of says like oh here you can have him back <laughs> essentially but it it never feels good it just feels like ooh this <laughs> this is not a good I, like yeah. Am I supposed to well, be rooting more for of this, this and probably to his to everyone's um, dismay because it didn't doesn't really work out for them now that Jean Grey has like the Phoenix Force in her. Um, so that yeah, that you're you're pretty much right, Andrew. I think that like the the beginnings action sequences or sequence has it has enough of the people using their the the, the team using their powers and stuff that it just kind of feels like a good like it feels like a good short film. You're like, wow, cool. Like if you show that to the studio, they'd be like, "Awesome! All right, now let's make the rest of the movie." But <laughs> wait, you want more it, movie? Yeah, uh, that was it. So it kind of drops off. Like Jean's acting, actually not acting weird. She's like, "I feel like better than I ever have," and is like walking around. And there's a scene. Who is it? Is it Dazzler? Someone singing in the forest? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was my yeah. favorite scene. That was your favorite scene. <laughs> I just like seeing that. De- well, I think it's kind of along the lines of. Uh, of what Andrew said when you expect so little that the fact that that was actually Dazzler, right? Like every, every other uh, character they're going to take a hundred different liberties with, but that was just Dazzler, how I would imagine her on screen. And yeah, she, it was just like a really quick pan around uh, in the forest. And then it was it's done funny too, because it's like, it's not like people wouldn't go out, you know, to a party and like, you know, they, you know, we know, we know people, we don't pull out a guitar and play or like, yeah, maybe you would, I guess maybe you would sing along to a song, but the fact that she can kind of like generate her own uh, concert and then like becomes the entertainment for the party is very funny. Um, mm-hmm. That would be annoying too. She's like, all right, can I get a beer? And they're like, no, the music, what are you doing? <laughs> Keep playing. Yeah. Um, let me see. Oh, so basically like it's at that party that there's this like accident, like jeans, like really going hard. I thought it was just like about anti-alcohol. It's like, whoa, (laughs) it's a dare commercial mutants, especially don't drink. Um, And she has there's like a shockwave and it like knocks everyone over. Oh, and I forgot prior to this. Oh, prior to this. And this is what I wanted to come back to is that Cyclops is like, do you know what the kids are calling you? Phoenix. (laughs) (laughs) It's like she's like, no, I actually am the mutant that only goes by my name. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I've decided I will only just go by my name. They're so um, interested in coming up with the names for these guys. Yeah, the it, kids have been called. It's like the kids have been calling you, um, yeah, Space Babe, because you <laughs> got you know stuck in the shuttle and we I, I rescued you. It's like huh? it's the it's the Han Solo naming scene, but like in every movie, over and over and over again. Oh my god! Yeah, 
I mean, the Hans Olegon is good, but anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, even I couldn't say that. I have to call um, you Chewie. Um, so the big turning point is like, basically the blocks come off and she realizes and has a flash that like her dad is alive somehow. So she goes to find him. And when she does, she realizes that like she, he, he blames her and like gave her up to professor X because he survived the crash. And like the wife died. He's like, my whole life died, you know, or went away. And so did you on that day. And she's like really pissed at him. And then he's like, if you're going to go into my head, just take everything. And she doesn't realize that like she did accidentally use her powers to like knock her parents out. And that's what caused the crash. So she freaks out and goes to leave. And then the X-Men come and attack her. Um, I really like that. They just like straight up attack her. They like, <laughs> there's like, no, I don't even know what they were trying to do. That wouldn't have resulted in everyone getting, um, yeah, really hurt. They but, need to work um, on their de-escalation tactics. And you know what this movie didn't have that we've usually been able to point to? No really impressive um, Quicksilver scene. Yeah, that's I mean, right. He, he does a little bit in the starting, but it's like, it's it's pretty basic. And like, honestly, I think the Nightcrawler stuff is a little more interesting. I was I thought it was fun to see more of him. Um, but he, yeah, he kind of like runs on some pieces of wood in this scene. And even though everything's super slowed down, she's sort of able to like block him. I think it's a similar thing to like, I think apocalypse does that right. Max, he like somehow injures him or like watches him while he's running or something. Uh, he's able to trip him up. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and in the scuffle, um, Jennifer Lawrence who, okay. So what I had heard or maybe what I read is that she was like so confident that the script was good that she was like, I'll even put the makeup back on <laughs> like to and come back. Um, cause she doesn't like the makeup. So I was trying to tell, it feels like CG is good enough now that you could probably like fake, you know, colors and makeup and stuff like that. And it feels like we are just getting out of that. I mean, obviously physical makeup looks good, but we're, it feels like we're almost at the point where like, you wouldn't need someone to put that on. You would need so to sit three hours in the makeup chair. Yeah. So I wonder if that was like going to be like, you know, that's if it's, if she could have avoided that, if that movie had, you know, been filmed, you know, a little bit later or something. Um, point is she tries to confront gene and she lashes out and she gets impaled oh man just the biggest hero death for this character that's been the focal point of all of these new franchise films uh, she gets impaled on a piece of wood and dies like 30 minutes into the movie too it's like yeah. it, it happens so fast and so like unceremoniously in the it's movie. so fast it's so weird like when she's not in the blue skin because i feel like when i feel like she should be in the normal skin when she's outside because people still don't understand. And then when she's at home in the X mansion, I feel like she should be blue because that's when that's more what she's like. I don't know. I, it, I, don't know. The, I mean, the movie, like, you know, part of the thing in like first class is she is like, I should be proud of my mutant, like my, my blood. And like, she wants to be blue all the time. And then as she progressively gets, you know, Jennifer Lawrence, the actress gets probably sick of being in the makeup chair so much mystique seems to be reverting back to being jennifer lawrence more and more and mm. you know it's just like the trajectory of the character doesn't match because i'm sure and like uh, who who can blame jennifer lawrence like being in the makeup chair for this long for movies that suck like it it can't mm. be rewarding but like at the same yeah. time it just it doesn't match what the character is doing um so i should speed up a little bit but um i forgot to mention the very strange casting of jessica chastain oh, as my god Oh my God. I, what's, what's the character's name? I, it's not oh, even like Vuk. It, yeah. Vuk. And she's a Dabari alien. Um, this was such a strange plot point. They looked like fricking the signs aliens and they were basically like hunting down the Phoenix force because it like destroyed their planet. But they, but she also wants to like use it to like reclaim and, and remake everything. It, it was kind of guardians of the galaxy ish. Like the idea that like she could, you know, she could remake this planet or whatever. Um, but it's, it's crazy because like, it's just this like blah, like she's just like nothing. She doesn't like emote. It's the same so thing. It's so frustrating. It's the same thing with Oscar Isaac in, in apocalypse. Like they hired this huge name actress who it's is actor with like good range and yeah. like has been like, has, you know, it's just like baffling to me. It's like make her act. That isn't that the whole point. Like why bother looking like a fucking human? If you're just going to walk around and go like, ah, Jean gray. Hello. Like just like act normal. <laughs> it's 
so weird. Um, but so that's a weird one. And also I couldn't really get a handle on what her powers were prior to uh, later on. She sort of absorbs part of the Phoenix force, but prior, but before that she sort of like can make like a vision, I think, I, I don't know. Um, so Jean goes to like, I think it's technically Genosha, like a little Island where, uh, uh, Magneto and some of his people are. And of course she gets all pissed off and the military shows up and she kind of like wrecks some of their shit and causes a problem for him because they've been trying to like live apart from everyone. And then like beast comes to find her later and, and like reveals that she killed Raven. So he's super pissed off that he even like had her on the Island and goes to like kill her too. And they all meet in like New York. And that's like another action scene. That's okay. It almost feels like X-Men one ish, how quaint it is. Like they're like, beast is running on the cars and you know cyclops tries to shoot him with this laser and uh i think is storm there i'm trying to remember <laughs> but it just felt a little more it just felt a little more like a thing happening on a set where i was like oh wow they like planned out a little action scene but it it quickly is crappy because uh fook and uh gene are inside and they fight Professor X and Magneto and it's just ugh, what a disappointing thing the only other scene that's worth anything is they all kind of get captured by the police and put on a train. And at this point, Jessica Chastain's character now has like a little bit of the Phoenix force that she absorbed and like wants to get the rest and they're tied up. So they can't, you know, get other restraints and all of, uh, Vuk's henchmen show up and start like attacking all like the guards. And one of them does like undo all of their things so that they can actually fight. And there's some okay stuff in that, but ultimately not, I don't know. Uh, just again this feels like just look up the scene like it's just not worth the price of admission right. um and it all kind of culminates with the train um getting pulled off the tracks and then like crashed into this you know kind of like train yard and basically gene gray just can just vaporize anyone and um sort of like nukes herself to uh destroy vuk like flies up into space and like absorbs all the rest of the force back and just like explodes um, so that's basically it. It was pretty disappointing. They rename the school and, uh, they see a Phoenix in the sky and the kids are like, Hey, it's like that girl we just named. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was pretty disappointing. I, it's interesting when you said that Max, cause I, I feel like maybe you're right. I feel like maybe I didn't like apocalypse. Maybe I, apocalypse is worse, but this felt, this felt super boring too. And also yeah. here's another thing. Didn't, didn't she have like a Phoenix force burst in apocalypse? She did. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't yeah. she have like a flare up and it's like, Oh, where'd all that power come from? Yeah. So what the hell was that? That's just her thing. Okay. Fire. It's almost, it's almost as if the movies don't matter at all with the corresponding movie because they're just going to do whatever the fuck they want, including age and powers. Yeah. 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 That sounds about right. It's like they don't, care about the characters whatsoever either yeah i did i when you were talking about it though i did remember my favorite slash least favorite part of apocalypse that i forgot to mention here we go and that's when they run into wolverine, wolverine in the weapon weapon plus program and so he's there as as weapon x uh and it's it's so funny because he hops out and he has a whole weapon x gear which is from the nineties, I probably, I don't know if it's Rob Liefeld or whatever, but like weird design in the comics where he has the kind of like a bowl over his head and he's got, uh, like just a bunch of pouches around his waist, but he's, you know, like basically this feral creature running around nude with just these, uh, nodes attached to him. But in this movie, they nail most of the look except he's also wearing these like cut off jean shorts yes, yeah. underneath them. And it looks so stupid. Uh, it cracked me up so hard. That was the, the most enjoyment I got from the movie, but basically just because of how much they missed the mark. I don't know who made that call, who just said, you know, toss some Jinkos on him because I don't want <laughs> to see his, his legs or something. It was just such a strange decision. Yeah, well, 
the the X Men franchise. We will miss you. Uh, we love you. We'll give you a big. We will, we will begin to enjoy you. I think is how <clears throat> we we give you a big kiss, big send off. Thank you for all that you've done for us, the X Men franchise. Uh, and we can't wait to see New Mutants. Please, Governor Inslee, let us go to the movie theater so we can give the fond farewell to the X-Men franchise that we all know it deserves. Mm -hmm. This is going to be the one. That's right. Um, Guys, before we go this weekend, we, uh, we got terrible news of the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Uh, He passed away from colon cancer, which he had been battling. He had been diagnosed with stage three colon cancer in 2016 and was just recently diagnosed with stage four and stage four, cancer for people who don't know is is typically terminal <clears throat> and unfortunately he uh succumbed to colon cancer um is there anything you guys want to say about the career of chadwick boseman before we go um man i was like really upset when i heard about it and i think i think part of it is like just the recency of his career it feels like in just a very short amount of time he's been not only prevalent in um quite a few um larger films but i think he's really been electric i I feel like he's i think he's always well received in the movies it feels like he's he's was giving his all and um he also just seemed like a, a genuinely nice guy i would say you know i would almost describe meteoric considering just over the last yeah four or five years um and i i feel like it's hitting a lot of people for a lot of reasons um not the least of which is is kind of the effect he's had on pop culture with uh black panther um and um but but i'll let i'll let you guys say something too it's it it was incredibly hear it and um it just was like a blur of an of a night for sure and the next morning yeah max how about you yeah um it hit me a little bit hard because uh i recently lost a friend to cancer and it felt like a very similar situation where you know you know about it it's happening three years for andy and uh, four years for Chadwick Boseman of just taking on uh, cancer and all that, all the steps it takes to get through that, that it wasn't, it it was all of a sudden for us, right? Because the word didn't get around. But for him and for the people closest to him, you know, that's got to be like quite the journey. It's It's pretty impressive that he was able to what he was able to do, you know, go through so much for the performances and all that. I think uh, it feels stupid because it's it seems like it it's another superhero movie, but I feel like uh, like Black Panther is was so much more than that. It wasn't just you know the it wasn't the the third Iron Man. It wasn't. Uh, it was just on a completely different level that really uh, changed things for a lot of Americans and I think uh, people outside the country too. Um, and it, yeah, just it just it sucks for him. All that stuff's going on, and it sucks for everyone out there who really enjoyed uh, what he brought to that character and what he, how he inspired people. And it seemed like from everything I've been seeing after the fact that like he was just a really good guy with, with fans and with people in his life, just like really nice, really supportive all while going through, you know, the worst shit that you can go through. Yeah. I, um, It was weird because like we we were at a friend's in a friend's backyard. We were actually having a movie night in their backyard. And like this the second like it was like we were kind of all getting in our separate seats to like watch the movie. And then it like it hit 
my phone screen that like Chadwick Boseman died. And I was just like, what the fuck? And so like, you know, I was sitting next to my wife and I was just like, Chadwick Boseman died. And like it, you know, like I didn't want to like, you know, call attention to it and stop the movie night. And especially because I, you know, we were watching a movie with, with a bunch of people who probably don't necessarily know who Chadwick Boseman is by name. You know, they probably know Black Panther, but, um, so I was just kind of sitting there and like processing what that, what, you know, what the, what it was, what I was feeling and what it ended up becoming to me was, you know, for, for Marvel, so much of what they do is sort of like predicated on the success of something else. So like, um, we got, Guardians of the Galaxy because, you know, they were able to do space stuff in Avengers and Avengers was this huge thing. So they said, okay, let's do Guardians. Guardians then opened the door for them to do magic. So then that's Doctor Strange and you have all these separate things. And with Black Panther, Black Panther now opens the door for, um, is it Shang-Chi is the, is the uh, Chinese Marvel superhero that's coming out next or coming up soon? Nine Rings or something, I believe, yeah. And so so without Black Panther, you know, and for me, you know, I, I am, I'm half Japanese. And so seeing Asian representation on TV and movies is not always the highest quality, let's just say. And so for me, what Black Panther and what Chadwick Boseman were able to do represents was, you know, I'm not, I'm not obviously I'm not black. And so I will never understand the experience of being black, but I do have the experience of being Japanese and knowing what it means to see like good representation of, of my culture. And, you know, Japanese and Chinese is not the same. I'm not saying they are either, but when I, when now I have the opportunity to see an Asian superhero on screen in a, you know, way that's not just like a token thing is, is exciting for me. And I know it's going to be an emotional, it's going to be emotional for me in the way that black Panther was really emotional for their community, for the black community. And that was sort of the, the thought process that I had when it happened and, you know, what they were able to do and the performance that, that Chadwick Boseman put in and all the stuff that we've learned since since his passing of like you know i i'm sure this stuff was out before but this all come up like the fact that he insisted on 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 uh, t'challa having more of a, an african accent in the way or you know in the way he's speaking to have that sort of the way he's you know that sort of uh i don't know what i'm trying to say like but a wakandan dialect yeah, something yeah that dialect, sounded like it was from there yes dialect is exactly what i was looking for but um he insisted on that because he wanted to represent where, you know, Wakanda is in the world and it wouldn't make sense for him to have like an English accent or, you know, an American accent. So he really wanted to work on that and have it be a a true dialect and not just, you know, a put on thing. And so much of the work that he did and, you know, what it meant to so many people, it's just, it really hit me hard just in terms of, of what it meant for so many people and what, the work that he's done has paved for there to be now roles that are going to represent more people than just, you know, like you were saying the, I, you know, I was excited for the third Iron Man movie just because I like the Iron Man movies, but it's not because, ah, there's some kid out there who's finally going to see themselves in Tony Stark. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's so many, there's so much representation of who Tony Stark is as a character on screen for a hundred years. But what they were able to do for Black Panther with T'Challa, with Chadwick Boseman, was to sort of open the door for there to be more representation in that way and for different cultures. And so that was the journey that I went on when I first thought of the news. And then, you know, of course, sadness of just like, you know, like you said, what seems like a good a good person, definitely, certainly a great actor, and all of that pales in comparison to just the human being and, you know, the pain that his family and friends are going through. But um, just, a, you know, somebody who 
I mean, we didn't, I don't think we knew when we, cause we saw gods of Egypt and he's in that movie. Yeah. And I'd be interested to re-listen to our episode and see if there's anything we know about his performance. But I kind of remember him being like the sole standout of that movie. Um, there were other standouts of that movie in the wrong way, but you know, in terms of like a good energetic performance, I remember him being good, but like, yeah, you're right. Like, you know, he played Jackie Robinson, James Brown, T'Challa, you know, like just so Thurgood many Marshall. Thurgood yeah, Marshall. Marshall. Yeah. Just like so many iconic roles went to this guy who, you know, uh, we unfortunately lost at a very young age of 43, but dang, like the amount of stuff that he was able to pack in, in the, those years was incredible. Yeah. And I, I was playing, uh, Lego Marvel superheroes. This is a little bit odd when I, um, been playing that the last few days but when i got the news uh i went in to to seek out the map uh and found him there and he was just asking to for the character or the the player to find uh lost kitty cat like there's a super cat dressed up like captain america and i i just thought like man this this was Black Panther before Chadwick Boseman, right? Before yeah. he hit the MCU, this was what they were doing with Black Panther. Just could you find my kitty kind of stuff? And I know that it's uh, a Lego game and, and they kind of treat everything with a little bit of that, um, uh, that lightheartedness. But I just feel like, like what he did, not, I mean, not only for the, the character but just to he he elevated that character and by doing that he elevated what he just he elevated race i think in the minds of a lot of people in in this country yeah i of course there are there are so many things going on right now that it's not just that but i do feel like there was a huge impact from that on the black community getting a a hero that they could look up to and everyone else seeing black culture in a different way. And uh, I feel like it's opened up a ton of doors, opened up a ton of minds. I really feel like even though it was another superhero movie, it was completely separate. Yeah. I, I bet there's a lot of people who saw Black Panther who had never pictured Africa in their mind at all. Like in terms of other than like what they saw in like textbooks and stuff like that. It's just like, I, I would bet there's a lot of people who just like, and not through any sort of malice or anything, but just had never even really thought about like what life is like in Africa. Not that, you know, Wakanda is the, the atypical, uh, you know, African experience, but like even, you know, like the kind of the, the, the drone shots of like, you know, when they're flying through Africa and, you know, Wakanda ends up being sort of this obscured thing because of this technology but like even just the landscape shots of africa like i bet there's a lot of people who just never even thought about it and we're seeing the country or footage of the country for the first time or the continent i'm sorry the continent of africa like absolutely i feel like our we we're so and i don't know if it's like uh if we're guilty but the the way that we uh as a country have kind of uh like taught ourselves about Africa, it's just kind of been avoided entirely. I remember being a young kid and kind of uh, realizing for the first time way too late that Africa has huge cities, right? Because everything you see about it is these small villages. Everything right. you see is like tribal Africa. And, and like I was too old when I learned or realized that, oh, Africa has cities. So I really feel like Black Panther is doing a great job of just opening up people's minds and kids, people who are going to be going to see the uh, Black Panther at a young age and just saying like that. And and they even play on that. They make fun of that. The fact that um, Bilbo Baggins says, you know, like, what do you know about Wakanda? And he, he says, you know, it's just a small fishing village. And it turns out that it's, you know, the, the most advanced city in the entire world. Yeah. Robert, anything you want to say before we go? Um, I mean, no. You, I mean, you guys both said lots of great stuff. It was 
it was just, uh, yeah, it just, it, uh, it, it makes you think, you know, it's, it's just feels fleeting and, you know, I don't chalk anything up to, uh, time is what it is in a particular year. Of course, 2020 continues to suck, but, um, yeah, just a lot less light with him gone. And, um, I think you already touched on, you know, sounds like only the very, very immediate people in his life even knew. Um, yeah. A real credit to his, has, a real credit to his team that that shit did not leak. Like <laughs> that, I, from what it sounds like, Ryan Coogler didn't know the director and writer of Black Panther. And I don't even know. I don't even know where that goes as far as like you needing to disclose stuff like that. To I mean, it sounds like he was able to you know complete all of his films and everything too. It's just, it's so much to think about. It's so it, he was impressive before you knew that he was also battling this while everything was happening. It's it's. Um, it almost it, it almost makes you feel small. Like how could someone be going through that and still, and still doing what they were doing and still captivating people? Um, man, rest yeah. in peace. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, well, that'll do it for this episode, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.